Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Tudora. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. Well, I had a, a dream a few nights back, and, you know, it was very vivid, and it did give me a, a different perspective on um, my dad's death, I think. Oh, wow. So, in the dream, I was actually the one on my deathbed. Wow. And I was aware of it, um, but... It, you know, it, it's definitely, there was a, just a new feeling of just being helpless, you know, being powerless in that situation. I think people sometimes think like, oh, if I had, if I knew I was going to die, like, what would you do? And then you think like all these like cool things that you would end up doing, mm-hmm. but like you actually, like if you were dying, you wouldn't have energy for any of those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I was laying there like, um, just just in this bed and other people of course had to take care of me and I wanted people to come see me because it was literally going to be the last days that I had on this planet but just like for whatever reason there weren't a lot of people who could make it Mm. (laughs) and like that's hurtful you know like yeah it's like I'm gonna die and you can't you can't make it out to see me you know um and I was I was getting to start thinking because I just had a lot of time to think and I didn't have much energy for anything else and you know the the idea of being like well I'm like soon I'm not going to be here I'm like something's going to happen you know, and I don't really know what that thing is, um, you know, and it, it was a comforting idea to be like, maybe, maybe it doesn't just end. Maybe I can come back as something else, hmm. um, even though I didn't necessarily believe that was true. I wanted to give myself that idea so that I didn't have to think about like just something that's like just ended you know Mm. um and then the so there was like these nurses or someone it it was people that like i didn't really know that well and they were helping me out and they just you know were trying to offer me things to make me feel like more comfortable but they said that it could probably just like make me fall asleep and you know could end up making it end a lot faster just Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't be in pain so and like i was like no no i'm not gonna do that (laughs) that sounds dumb yeah so like it definitely did just because it really put myself into that like space of what would it be like to be the one dying and i can understand like not wanting to necessarily come to terms with your own death because I don't even know if that's actually going to help you. Hmm. If, you know, what do you, you don't know what's going to happen, so that's kind of 
what are you coming to terms with anyway? It's just the uh, that there's something that's gonna happen. And you don't know what it is. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think I, yeah. I mean, it's just I I could see I could just see that um I could feel it that it was that once you're in that that position things could be very different than how you think that you would actually like react to the situation. Mm. I don't know if you've ever had dreams like that where you're like, I've never been in this situation, but this dream was so real. Like it gave me a new perspective on like what that situation might be like. Oh yeah. I I have certainly, but, but I feel like there was so much in that description that you just gave that you were just in the situation of, but from the other side that like, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm, that is an experience that I don't feel like I've had is like, um, having a dream sort of like show me more about something that I'd just been really close to and really affected by that way. And I don't know how I know this, but I know that I am going to have to go through that. Mm. It means you don't know how you're going to die. Like you could die in a car accident. It could be quick and and you don't have any time to prepare for it, but I don't think that's what's going to happen to me. Uh-huh. I was really struck by the the way you described this like instrumental idea of reincarnation that you were like talking yourself into or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm wondering how much of that was conscious inside the dream and how much of it is you describing it in retrospect like like were you were you consciously within the situation like t- using it instrumentally like that to try and like yeah. convince yourself and that's yeah, so well, interesting I was just, to me i was thinking about like what might happen because i knew it was gonna be coming soon yeah and yeah so i was like well you know it could just be that i get reincarnated as something else and that like was like oh well that's not so bad that could be you know, fun. I don't know. So it worked. It like reassured you to think that. Yeah. To even as, as just like an intellectual exercise or something. Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, I, I had that equivalent of like, you know, maybe my dad saying like, well, I'm not going to die, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then I guess from that perspective, if he's thinking it from, from a, like an intellectual perspective, you know, maybe he's just thinking, well, there's nothing to be afraid of because death isn't really like what you think it's going to be. Mm. Yeah. Like there's a way to say that that doesn't mean what it sounds like it means. Yeah. And, and of course, Christians believe that they're going to have eternal life like out after they die. Right. And you know, while he was saying that wasn't it, it could just be like, no, it's not what are like, you know, I guess a modern day understanding of how that is, is, mm-hmm. is how it is. Or conventional in some way. Yeah. It, it One wonders sort of how clear that was in his mind when he said that. And and it's and 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 I also wonder how it compares to this sort of simulated experience that you had in this dream. It, like it sounds like 
a lot of the things that you were preparing for, like you, it sounds like you were genuinely worried, like you were in it, like in the dream. Is that right? Like you thought like the, there wasn't a part of you that was like, this isn't really happening. So I'm not actually worried. No, about it. I was, it was, I was so embodied in the dream. Yeah. yeah. It was just weird because it just felt like I really felt like I was physically there Mm-hmm. And like the breaths I took were just were real because they were the same breaths I would be taking in real life, but they felt because uh-huh, like you were in a bed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's what, that's enhanced the the reality of the situation because I was in a bed and yeah, yeah. Well, were you conscious of it as dead? Like you you were you were thinking like. Death, like you said something about not knowing what's going to happen, but is is what you meant that like, okay, death, what does that mean? Like, like you're, you are confronting right. like, what is death? Not like. That's exactly what I was confronting. And I yeah. never had thought about it on that level uh-huh. that I have like inside the dream because it's always from the, in my head, it's always from the perspective of other people dying. And right. like I see people die and then, yeah, you wonder like, well, what happens to them? But it's different when it's you. <laughs> yeah. Does it? What, did it feel like you were running out of time? Did it feel like there was like a short amount of time in which to sort of straighten this out? Did you feel pressure? I didn't. Surprisingly, like time felt slower. Hmm. It felt like it, I knew that there was a finite amount of time. But like because I wasn't like doing things like you know like i wasn't working and doing things i was laying in a bed the whole time yeah like the time felt like really slow yeah i i i feel almost hesitant to say this having not just like recently been visited by like really close personal death like you have but but there there have been times when i I mean i've contemplated my own death I've also sort of had uh, experiences like the one that you described. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, okay, I guess we could probably just say, like I, I, I once had a psychedelic experience that was basically the same experience that you just described. Uh, qualitatively, probably somewhat different. But like, you sure. know, I was on a deathbed. I actually did die in this experience. Like I, I, I experienced like the passing away and like what happened after that. Uh, and there was a little bit of that, like floating above my bed, sort of looking down at my body, watching people seeing Mm -hmm. like people react, which is a thing that people have reported, uh, a lot, you know, pervasively in what are usually called near death experiences, right? Like where people are really in a hospital bed and they, maybe they really do have cardiac arrest or something. And they have like an out of body experience where they see and hear and experience things from like yeah. a non-local perspective and then they come back and they can report some of these things. It was a little bit like that. Um, and I, really that experience was about this sort of letting go of like, okay, like it's, it's now, you know, like it wasn't like I did have a little bit of what's going to happen, but, but it was like really happening right then. And so I had to, I had to work with the, sort of allowing it to happen. That was really what the core part of the experience was. But but the, the thing I was getting to, and it was something that had occurred to me before this experience, but since then, definitely I've thought about it this way too. It's like, 
there's a part of me that feels like I will be relieved to be in the situation where like that's all that's left, you know? Mm. Um, and of course it depends on the pain and the circumstances and, you know, the, the, the people I'm leaving behind and all those difficult details. But I, I think for me that there has lo- there's always been like a, dot 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 and then i'm gonna die someday like to to like every burden and anxiety and thing that i've had and so like part of me looks at that time of just like all that is left to do is the one great thing that it must be done in life as like a relief of other burdens and some of my experience of like the intensity and like franticness of the passage of time in my everyday life uh, feels like that's like sort of the thing that it feels like I'm going to be able to put down someday, like Mm. when it's really time. And I'm not saying I look forward to that or something, but uh, no, does that resonate at all with what, what it sounds like? I guess, you, were going through. you know, I, I, I've i always considered myself someone to not be very upset by death. Uh-huh. And I think up until now, that would probably be the case. And I have lost, like, people very close to me, like, and just, you know, uh, friends, colleagues, and um, family members and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I I may have talked to, about this on the show. Um, my my ex died in a car accident. Mm. Um, we had just broken up, what? so you know I know some some people might say like, oh well that makes it easier, right? I'm like, why would that make it easier? That almost makes it worse, really. Yeah. But I don't I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that's... easier. I promise. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he was um, very protective of me especially because I was uh, going through uh, just my just really horrible experience with lupus uh, while we were together. And um, so he got like overprotective of me and he wouldn't really like just all his main focus was like taking care of me, you know. Um, and eventually like I started getting better and I'm like, I really don't want you treating me like this, you know, like it, it feels it feels overbearing and feels like I can't do certain things without your approval and that kind of stuff. And, mm. um, that's when I was like, uh, just need to get out of here. But of course, like after I left, I think, you know, everybody says like, well, that's a good thing because it's like, he did start doing stuff that he wanted to do after that. Cause he wouldn't do anything that he wanted to do while we were together. So he like joined a band and like, um, and then he, uh, he went on tour with that band and that's actually when he died so mm. he uh the the um the driver of their van or whatever they were traveling in um fell asleep at the wheel and hit a a, a tree um and paul flew out the window and he wasn't the only one that died actually so it was very tragic um i didn't know anybody else on that on that uh on that bus um but I guess what I was going to say about that is, like, I spent, like, you know, three years with 
him. Um, and somehow it, it just wasn't the same and it wasn't like as life altering as, as literally just being there and watching like my dad die. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like if people die just quickly and, and randomly, like it's sudden and it's horrible, but it saves you from having to be there emotionally while they're fading and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. So uh, what I was going to say, what why I told, said that story at all, there was a point. <laughs> Sometimes I forget in the middle of it, but <laughs> the reason I said that is because um, I I think that I more closely understand death than I did back then. Yeah, sure. I believe that. And it's given me such a different perspective that before I feel like I was trivializing it. Or like I was... I was not... I just didn't understand. I didn't understand it. How much would you say that new awareness changed what it felt like to experience personally? I mean, I realize that this is kind of an unprecedented thing that this dream was for you. But like, surely something has changed in how you anticipate your own death in light of what happened with with your father like did it did did anything about that show up in the dream and like did do, do you did did it shine any light on sort of what's changed for how you think it's how you feel about it for yourself like obviously it's become so much more real and personal and up close and slow and I mean you said a lot of things about the difference between like being there with someone dying slowly and like having it happen in that sort of freak accident situation. Yeah. Uh but like the dream put you in the situation of the second case. Yeah. Like did did is there anything new or surprising about your own attitude about your own death? that showed up in that dream. I mean, I, I think that I've always felt this, but this it's the dream sort of reinforced it and, and my, my experience has sort of reinforced it that you, you know, obviously you have a finite amount of time on this planet yeah. and I happen to really like being on this planet, even the bad days. Mm-hmm. I like those too. But... um. We got to spend this time wise, <laughs> wisely. Yeah. yeah. And it's even though I think that I have a, a really good job, most of the time, most of the time, most of my life, I'm spending looking at a computer screen. Yeah. And relatable. 
I just really want to do things that make me happy. And I know you have to, it's like, it's like inevitable. You have to like do these things that don't make you happy just so you can do some of the things that make you happy. And I just, I just really hate this so much. <laughs> like, I just wish that there was another way to, to go about this, but I'm, I'm just much more aware about how finite of a time that I have on here. And it's not like I'm trying to accomplish more. I'm just trying to do things that I love doing. And, you know, in the dream, what I wanted to do in that dream was for people to, to come visit me. And yeah. I, I mean, I really do think that, like, the, the connections you make are are probably like the most significant if you just like sit in a room by yourself i just don't think that that's going to be a fulfilling life and honestly that's what i'm doing right now so mm. <laughs> i do talk to people like on the right. internet <laughs> yeah there's trade-offs right and like i don't know i i believe it's at least possible to have a quality of human connection online that is at least different or unique like relative to you know the options i've had in other like in person social contexts but not necessarily better or more fulfilling or more satisfying and i agree with you that that's sort of the the key thing about life and maybe it's like maybe there's no better indication of that than the way that the death experience shows up in our dreams but also maybe i think it's just pretty normal to imagine being in the situation you were dreaming about and the good version is being surrounded by people right yeah that's like the difference between a good death and a bad one in our sort of thin mythology <clears throat> that, that like, sure. our culture has about death. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I do think about like, well, when you die, if you are in this type of situation, I mean, you know, I usually men die before women, but like, you know, anything could happen. Maybe your wife's there. Maybe your children are there, you know, um, maybe their children are there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what kind of situation that is for me. It's like, I guess, I guess it could be some of my nieces and nephews because I spend a lot of time with them, but I'm not going to have children. So, uh, it's just going to be people younger than me that I know. And most of my friends are older than me and most of my siblings are older than me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that the only thing on your list? Like people? Like the, is, is there? No, there's the creativity. We were talking about yeah. this, like, you know, the last couple of times too. Like that's an, that's extremely important to me. But what I'm, th what I'm seeing is that while I do want time for artwork, I don't want nearly as much time for just artwork as I do for doing creativity, creative stuff with other people. Uh -huh. 
it's not even necessarily about the connection that I'm making with those other people as much as like the collaboration, the feeling of like doing something together, the together, like the together creation. <laughs> me just painting by yeah. myself doesn't give me that same feeling, uh, but I still like to do it. So it's not, you know, it's like, it's, it. it's not just about knowing people. It's about making something, making uh, impact, making a change, putting something into the world that you couldn't do by yourself. That sort of like yeah. makes a um, meaning to your life that's, that's bigger how, than you. That's how I, in some ways, connect to people. Yeah. I mean, when I when I hang out with my nieces and nephews, the most fun they have is when we're making things together. Yeah. Um. You know, we've done like pinhole camera experiments. We made tons and tons of of short films, so those are all all nice. very lovely and hilarious. Um, and you know, I I have all sorts of ideas of things we could do together. Just you know, creating and because mm-hmm. I we're not just creating the the object of the creation, but they're gonna remember that because mm-hmm. it was different and and interesting and it. it, it stimulated the brain and it it gave you the feeling that life had uh you know variety and um thoughtfulness in it yeah and there's also the quality of just like the association with you and that thing you know i feel like those are very immediate like in my memory of people I know who have died, w- one of the first things that al- that always comes to mind when I think of them is like anything that we did together, not just creatively, but like also tr- like on any adventure we went on. Yeah. Um, they're like identical with that experience. And yeah, definitely, it's not like scenes of sitting on the couch doing nothing. It's like... Yeah, watch, watching a movie. I mean, maybe yeah. if it's like a really memorable movie in y'all's heads, <laughs> yeah. like right. quoted or, all the time. Yeah, well, yeah exactly <laughs> one that we watched a hundred times. Yeah. It's got to just be a little more a- interactive than just watching it, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever think about the fact that we, you and I, are putting our voices out there in like a very data portable format that will probably be there like as long as the internet exists and that these conversations will kind of create people in the minds of people who live like way after we're dead. I uh, I never really think of myself as being that significant. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like if any one person is looking for like conversations about meditation and whatever, you know, Zen and the art of making movies, you know, whatever we've talked about, they could find this. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the same thing that like. I'm not, it's not at all the same kind of thing that I imagine uh, for like a show that's like super popular that has like fans that talk about it all day and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's like it's like the opposite of that. It's like 
some one Zen person in the year 2100 listening to us and like imagining us and being able to like see our pictures and hear our voices. Like, isn't that super intimate compared to like what we have of maybe, you know, there's like a few Zen people from the generation before us that we have this kind of audio fidelity of. I mean, it's true. I mean, we're, su- we're supposed to have audio recordings of Mas- Matsuo Kuroshi, but like I haven't heard them. They're like on cassette tapes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, since he keeps telling me that he's going to do something about that and, and that I'll get my hands on them eventually and then I can put them on the internet so that people will be able... I mean, like I've only heard like 10 seconds of his voice myself, like in videos. Um. But but the the thing about this this medium of like deep of like personal deep conversation one on one, I just feel like you get so much of the people from this kind of thing. You know there there are podcasts that I've listened to for like ten years, and I feel like I know those people really well. You know, mm-hmm. and like, well, if they died. I could imagine myself like listening to them from time to time. Yeah. I mean, I I actually have some recordings of my dad. Um, Well, I mean, I have like video footage, but he actually liked to send video recordings uh, just as a message, you know, Mm. and I have like five of them um, saved. And he's just like, you know, hey, honey, I was, uh, you know, uh, doing this today and thought about you or something like that and um yeah i i have them you know i'm mm-hmm. like if i if i want to watch them later like it, it it really means a lot to to have that householders is a production of the atlanta soto zen center in atlanta georgia and the silent thunder order find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.